I'm a ditzy blonde hey. today. <laughs> hey, KB2 Rice, how you doing? We can't hear you. Okay. We're back. We're back. I'm so excited. <laughs> Wilfredo. Hi, Pammy. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. How's everybody doing? Good. Um, good to be here. Uh, it's always good to stretch out on a Sunday. On a blustery Sunday. Um, yeah, it's about to be a storm. And yeah, our newest so. member, Tanisha, how you doing? Hello, how are you? How's everybody doing? Fine. <laughs> so, oh my God, it has been going. Okay, so, you know, we talk about everything and anything. So, we're going to start talking about how this corona stuff is affecting our visits and our loved ones in the prison system and um, the correctional facilities and um, how they are making the visitors test and making us vaccinate. But I understand that right now there is no law or rule or no um, mandate for the COs that are taking care of our loved ones for them to uh, to vaccinate or to no. even test. No, there's so a mandate. Huh? There's a mandate, um, but they're not complying. They actually um, sent out a, a, a press release a couple months ago that they're going to start disciplinary procedures against the seals. They're supposed to test daily the ones that aren't vaccinated, and they're not doing it. No. So, oh, shoot. Hold on. Yeah, no, it... it they have a mandate. They're just not complying, some of them. And okay, so, if, so what does that mean? So if they have a mandate and they're not complying, what's that happening? That means they it and possibly fired if they don't, you know, but with the shortages now, probably, they're probably being a little lax and a little soft on them because a lot All of right. them are sick. So they need everybody they can get. But they definitely have a rule that they have to get vaccinated or test daily. You're saying that this is a rule right now? Yep. Okay, well, um, well, I was just at Sing Sing today and I asked some of the CEOs like, okay, so you tested me. Are you getting tested? Oh, I'm not doing that. That's what I was told. They probably not. They probably one of the ones that will get suspended soon. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's, let's, let's give it context and let's pull it back, ladies. So let's let's go from here. When I was inside, when I left on July 19, 2021, there was a mandate in place that said that the officers either had, they were being encouraged to either vaccinate or they had to be tested daily upon prior to their shift of them coming in. They would have testing sites outside. And then after that, the officers had to be tested. Now, from my understanding, when the visitors reopened again after I left and everything kind of move forward they laxed a bit but sis is right and there is right they came out with a mandate now kind of similar to what the police officers were doing 
was they were basically saying that they had to either now vaccinate or provide the negative test or face disciplinary sanction. So then what happened was, is they decided, you know, because their union is probably the second strongest union behind NYPD. And what ended up happening was they decided to do was kind of slow down or walk out. And from what I understand from talking to a lot of the men at Sing Sing, 140 officers was called out with either COVID-like symptoms or COVID, period. So what happened is they compelled superintendent now to implement uh, basically a program lockdown. There's no business in the FRP world, but in, in all hindsight, everyone's still saying still because the officers just decided to do this. Uh, I want to say is it it just me or is he breaking up for everyone no he breaking up for everybody i can't tell it well fredo what we can't hear you well fredo you're breaking up it's your probably it's probably Huh? And he's frozen again. Oh my yeah. god! Like yeah, he has that I want to hear. Like, right. You may have to switch to the cell phone and go to cellular if the Wi-Fi is not strong, Wilfredo. Oh, okay. This came off. Oh my god! Like seriously, <laughs> like I was, I was listening to what he was saying because it was really good information. For me to understand it because I'm tired of like I'm I'm just just I'm fed up. Like, but but, I'm, but here's a big question. So they started testing everybody, regardless if um you're vaccinated or not. Everybody gets a test. We cannot enter the building unless we have a negative test. So when this Omicron wave started last week, well, not last week, but last week or a couple of weeks ago, they instituted no more hugs. You can't do the little, the little bit of contact they allowed us to have, they took that away. So now, now that they know we're entering the building, we're negative, why can't we hug anymore? Like we're negative. We can't touch hands, we can't do anything. <laughs> And we can't kiss them. We, we're negative. We cannot go into the building until we're negative. So if we're negative and we go into the building, while we can't hug our loved ones or kiss them or touch them or play a card game, whatever, it's still like, oh, okay, you negative, but you still can't touch well, them. And then kiss huh? us. They probably won't let them kiss us because, like we were talking about, there's a lot of guards in there. I think like forty percent that aren't vaccinated. And we already know from what we hear that they're in the back, some of them without their masks on. We already know that some of them aren't testing daily. So the danger is to us. And the Department of Corrections doesn't want to be responsible for one of them, our loved ones giving us Corona because they know we're negative, but they can't vouch for them. So they won't let us, you know, kiss, I guess. Um, because they're responsible for us coming in, you know, and want to make sure we don't bring anything to them 
but they can't control vice versa right now. So. Well, I wanted to talk to Pammy about some of the conditions that you had as far as today about being outside in the cold. Could you talk a little bit more about that for me, Pammy? Yes. Okay. So, um, they have this like mint. It looks like a plastic. It's like plastic with a zipper. It was four degrees in Austin. We're right by the water. We were sitting outside from like, like a quarter to eight. Um, they wasn't set up yet. So it's only four people allowed in this makeshift tent with like this little crazy little looking like yellow spouting heater thing. But we're all freezing. Um, the guy comes in finally. Um, and it's only four people in there at a time. So four of us were in there. And he's like, okay, well, give me, you know, your IDs. Once we gave him our IDs, then they, we do the test. Once you do the test and you go on the outside of that same tent that kind of like is blocking you from the wind to stand outside, fill out your paperwork, to still stand for 15 minutes, to read the test. We're still in the cold, four degrees, like I said. Some people have autoimmune disease. Some people got metal in their body. Some people have different things going on, but we're standing in the cold waiting for them to say, okay, well, you have a negative test. Then, then you can walk over to the building. You're frozen by this time. And then now you walk to the building. I'm saying if they want to test us and have us outside, put us somewhere that's warm so we don't have to deal with this. And then they're just unorganized whatsoever because it, it adds like a whole 40 minutes to the already long process of filling out all the paperwork on the outside before you even walk to the next trailer to go on the inside. And then once you, what the heck just happened? I don't know, hello? Oh, this is Indira uh, showing the, the the policy, I'm assuming. Oh, well, Indira, you just knocked everybody off. No, I see you. Oh, I, I don't see y'all. Well, I see you because she's sharing her screen Showing us and the document. I don't I don't see none of y'all. It's okay, we still here. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what happened? Oh no, um, yeah. So once once all of that happens, you walk to the trailer and then you go in, you give all your stuff, and then they're like, All right, you sitting there, you're waiting for them to now tell you to go to the next trailer, which you walking right back on the outside to go to the next trailer to go see your loved one. So it, it adds about 30 minutes to the already 30 minute process before you even see your loved one. Okay. Now, Wait, I'm sorry. We do wanna... I'm sorry. No, go yeah. ahead. That's okay. even if they decide to start on time. Right, because they didn't even start on time today. Now, the negative COVID says um, you can't be vaccinated and positive. So, mm -hmm. But I'm saying if, before they started testing, a week before they started testing, they started asking us for our vaccine cards, right? Right. But now they don't care if you have a vaccine card. Everybody has to take a rapid test before you go inside. And if it's positive, you're not going inside. It Which has should be the case. That definitely should be the case. Whether you vaccinated or not, you should have a negative test. Right. And that's what they're doing. But I'm saying it should be done for all of us, not just us, for us and the guards too. The guards, they're not testing them at all. 
And then the guys are not testing to come downstairs to visit us neither. So they could be positive. I mean, we're not touching them anyway, but still, it's just focused on us. I agree with both of y'all as far as you can, if you could be vaccinated and receive and still be positive. But as far as Sing Sing, which I mean, I know the numbers because I was close to there and, I, and I'm close to a lot of them inside. About 70% of the population in Sing Sing is vaccinated. So what I'm saying is that from the herd mentality, I'm not saying that it couldn't happen because of course, you know, like I said, anything can happen. But my thing is the, the likelihood of you catching it from a staff is really higher probable than you catching it from a particular prisoner because 70% of them wanted to be vaccinated anyway because they knew programming was going to open up as far as school, as far as FRP, as far as Mercy College in Columbia. So a lot of them had already wanted to be vaccinated anyway just in case a mandate came out that they were going to have to be vaccinated to complete some type of particular program. And Sing Sing's an anomaly. It's just something different than anything else. It may not be this different as when I was there, you know, because what I've been hearing, but my thing is, is that the culture is a little bit more progressive than it usually is. Now, the officers are going to be, you know, they're going to be assholes any way you look at it, because they're just going to buck the system because their union is so strong. So, but I think that what's going to end up happening with the rapid test is that they're going to hold, you know, eventually y'all, and particularly the visitors that are going are going to have to hold the superintendent's feet to the fire in Albany as well and say, if we have to be mandated to come in with a negative test to be vaccinated, either or or both, then you're going to have to hold your staff to that as well. Because I know for a fact, anybody that's a volunteer, meaning a professor, somebody that's coming in for programming, docs has already made mandated that they have to be vaccinated. Now, I agree with Kalia. It doesn't mean that you can't be positive. But at least I can say 100% of the volunteer staff that are going have to show some form of a, of, a, of, a, of a vaccination before they're allowed to teach or facilitate any type of particular program or religious service. And that's something that is kind of becoming the norm around docs. But like I said, it'd be nice if everybody could give a negative test. But I don't know as far as what the union is going to do as far as making the staff do it. That's kind of like a slippery slope right now. But, but here's the thing. The union, they keep saying that they're worried for the safety of their officers. And that's why they were urging the prisons to shut down, right? But we know the first time when the prison shut down, that's before COVID started rapidly spreading around the prisons. It was the staff that brought it into the prisons after it was shut down and when the COVID ran rampant through the New York State prison, we weren't visiting. We didn't spread it to our loved ones, they did. So the thing is, it's really who's gonna keep us safe and who's gonna keep our loved ones safe from the COs. It's not the other way around because if the COs were worried about staying safe, guess what? They would get their vaccinations. If they are worried about their fellow COs and us maybe, they would get their vaccination because it's all about caring about your fellow human being, right? They don't care. They're very selfish. It's about them. So while they're saying, shut it down, shut it down, we're scared for our safety, we're vaccinated, most of us. You're not. You know, the biggest danger to the COs is the other COs who refuse to get vaccinated. 
Or I'm wait a minute, and they sure. don't wear masks either. Because we have seen them on the visits walking around with no mask sure. or pulling their mask down, and they're amongst themselves with no mask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is now what? That wasn't nothing new, even when the pandemic was at its height. You had some of these Trump supporters that were inside that were officers. Um, I'm not going to name names, but I could go with a long list of names that they just felt like, you know, um, I'm, I'm not doing it. I don't have to do it. I don't care. The superintendent is not back here while I'm walking my shift or I'm doing my round. And, and, and that comes with a lack of accountability when it comes as far as the system. I mean, no matter how progressive the superintendent can be, you're still going to have cronyism. You're still going to have these people think that they're going to do what they want. And from what I've been hearing on other threads, as far as going up as, up top, as far as Auburn and Elmira, I mean, these Caucasian officers are basically telling everybody, I'm not wearing a mask. I'll take the three-day rip. I'll take the day off without no pay. I have enough sick time. And I'll come back in and put a mask in my pocket. And someone will call me and let me know when the lieutenant is coming or the debt was walking and I'll put a mask on. Wow. That's part of course. That's part okay. of course. I'm not, not going to even sugarcoat it for y'all that mm -hmm. that's not how it was and that's how it's always going to be because that's just, that's just how they give it up. All right. Kalia, I'm sorry. Is it How is it for your dad out there in Florida? Do you know how they um handling the corona out there with him in the prisons out there? No. <laughs> it's short, no idea because I, I do the virtual visits. But I oh. do want to say that it is the the situation going on inside of the prison is very similar to what's going on in the schools. And the truth is, no matter how many times we go back and forth, nobody has an answer. Just like the guards, some of the guards I do believe are saying, um, no, they're not vaccinated just to be a holes or just to get under your skin. Absolutely. But it, 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 the same thing with the schools. You could, you could, as much as we want to um, argue that if everybody gets tested before they come into the school, the truth is there are so many loopholes within there. If the students all get tested, the truth is the teachers may be positive in bringing it into the school on that day. So I, I, I just, it, it's a lose-lose situation. Okay. It's just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just so, I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm just tired. Like, um, I have said at one point, I was so pissed off because the job that I hold, I test four times a week. Like, I'm tired of testing. So when they said that I had to start testing to go see my husband, I was like, you know what? And I said it and I know I said it and I was mad. I said, just shut it down because I can't touch him anyway. If, if this is where it's coming to, then just set the damn jail down. I'm tired of it. Lose yeah, your mind. Let me, <laughs> let me be the voice. Let me be the voice of reason. I, I get what y'all saying and the frustration level on, on the on the panel. But what I'm saying is, and, and, and Kalia, I don't know if, if your father was, I don't know how Florida is, but my thing about it is if you stop coming and you get discouraged or you saying shut it down, then there may never be non-contact visits again. My contact visits again. You have to be real careful sometimes. It's just like with JPay that happened in other states in the 80s. What happened was they still let regular mail come through. They let letters come through. And as the years went by and they saw it dry up, they just came out with a mandate and said, now, unless you have communication electronically, there's no more physical handwritten communication that came into county jails, city jails, or state prisons in other states. 
So my thing is you have to be real careful now that you don't let these people think that all of a sudden you become comfortable with this particular situation. And then you're like, all right, well, I'm good with the non-contact unless it's the FRP or right. I'm good with it unless it's a festival. So you have right. to be real careful that regardless of how tired you are. And I know y'all, I know y'all are ride or die for real. I don't, I don't spoke about this on numerous times on this thread. There's no need to rehash it. All of y'all on here are official tissue and y'all hold y'all loved ones down and y'all always keep it a buck and y'all keep it so. But my thing mm -hmm. is, is that you have to fight the fight. The most important fight is if I'm understanding that y'all not going away, no matter how frustrated y'all are, y'all love y'all peoples, y'all want to be in front of their face and y'all want to have some form of physical co uh, contact because it could be a lot worse. And if you ever want to see it, turn on them, them, them life after lockup, uh, reruns that they have on, on on the Discovery Channel where commissary's done up one way. You don't get to see anybody and it's a half an hour. You can't touch anybody and you can't enter the facility. So just be real mindful, ladies. And I love all of y'all. I love all of y'all for what y'all do. But y'all have to keep the fight because that's the oh, most no. important that they need. Well, according to the CDC, I mean, I think the whole no contact thing is bullcrap anyway because according to the CDC, you got to be within the vicinity of the same people for 15 minutes or more sitting there. And that's how they do it at the school. The first question they ask us is, were you sitting next to that individual for more than 15 minutes at a time? If both of y'all are masked and you give somebody a hug, I do not believe that COVID will be transmitted. That I believe it. They exactly. need to stop. Especially <laughs> yes. Hello. <laughs> yeah. I'm, but, so, I'm just like, ah, is this but what I did, huh? What I did hear is that I don't know how true it is, but on one of the forums they said that the the prisons are supposed to revisit um the no contact rule. This was supposed to be yesterday or this weekend, so we'll see what happens. Um, they may change the guidelines and update it again now that they're testing all of us and. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Maybe it will be good. Who knows? I hope so. <laughs> All I can say is I hope so because, like, from what I'm hearing from JP and what I'm hearing from guys inside and the calls that I'm hearing, it, it, they're going to revisit a lot of things, but it's just like I still feel it's going to get worse before it gets better. I feel like, like for some reason, like, it's just going to take, like, it's just, I'm not. I'm not saying it's gonna go to an enormous extreme, but it's gonna take the guys <laughs> just to be able to just stick it up. Like, like a lot of people don't want to hear this, and I and I and I stand out with this, Pammy and Adira. I told y'all when I was inside, I specifically had not had a visit, even when I went to my parole board or when they opened it up, because I forbid. I forbid docs from trying to dictate the way I deal with my peoples. If everybody would have stuck it up as soon as they opened it. They would have had to do a two from. They would have had to go ahead and sit down with IOC at the time and being like, what can we come to the table to make sure we provide this physical contact? See, my thing about it is a lot of guys inside just wanted to see y'all. And I'm not mad. Like, my thing is, I'm, I'm look, man, I'm, I'm old enough to understand, but I'm clearly young enough not to give a fuck. My whole thing is I just understood that 
these people are going to hold your feet to the fire when it comes to certain things. And if you wasn't going to stick it up, leave it alone. Everybody left it alone. Everybody wanted to get to this, this new normal with being around their family. We wanted to keep your visit room streak up of 7,545 visits. So we wanted to make sure. <laughs> so, so my thing is, is that I get it. Like, I understand people wanted to eat Jack Mac. Everybody wanted the cupcakes with the sprinkles on them. I get it. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm like the next guy. But my thing is, if they would have held out a little longer because they didn't have it, it might be a different outcome. But look, the two-face has already got the two-face holder. We can't put it back in. So right now, all we got to do is figure out how we're going to do it. And that comes with y'all beefing from out here. It's all right that they beefing from in there. Y'all have to keep calling Nancy Fernandez. Y'all have to be keep calling Jeff McCoy. Y'all oh, and I heard, oh, just for the record, because Indira put me up on this, you do not have to go through a full cycle if you're already in a rotation for the family reunion program. If you're in a family reunion program and you're already there <laughs> on the local level. So Indira, you talk to me about that and I'm letting you know that's what it was and that's all you have to do. You do not. I don't know this new lady. I don't know who she is. I don't know what kind of tea she's smoking, but it don't have to be this. And she's well, definitely not doing it when it comes to that. Well, what I was telling Rodney today is because a lot of the guys behind the wall are complaining about this this coordinator and the program. I said, well, okay, look at what happened with the microwave. And we all got the made an effort. Oh, yes. Now and sent emails to um, Fernandez, right? And we got results. So I mm -hmm. said, talk to guys, have their wives send emails, pick a day, Thursday, Friday. Let yes, us know. emails, because I need a date, damn it. <laughs> Let us know what the issues are so we can address right. emails, you right. know, and bombard her with emails and let her know, like, we need, we like we're in the dark here. We're being told yes. different things. We have no idea what's going on. No, 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 no. See, I don't like language like that. You are not in the dark. The directive is clear. See, my thing about this directive is like federal government law. What it is, this law governs local. So my thing is, regardless of what this lady feels, regardless of whatever power or ego trip she wants to go through, she must follow the guidelines that were go ahead and implemented by central office. But you Whether know what she, she, the, she said, and she told them this too, she said, every other facilitator in every other prison, because they're like, no, it's not done this way. We're used to it. It's done this way. Oh, they're doing it wrong. I'm doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. So somehow she feels that every other coordinator in every other facility across the state, whatever they were doing, they were doing wrong. And she says she's doing it the right way. First of all, first thing we need to ask for is a full-time FRP coordinator. Yes. So that is out of the week. Focus or on and you have a lot of hands on it, a lot of other counselors trying to help out. And that's what's messing up the whole thing. We need That's right. That's right. Because Pammy need her trailer. Yes, Pammy, I Pammy need her trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Damn it. 
I mean, just like they give out a gold watch after 7,000 visits, you should just get like a free weekend after like 7,000 visits. They should just let me go. They let you go. <laughs> but but on a, on a serious note, Indira, that's why I tell you a lot of times, and a lot of y'all that do participate in the FRP program, y'all should be downloading the directives and y'all should be reading the directives directors back and forth and be able to cut and paste the directors and be able to send it back to these people because when they see the language that you're using and the language is what you are giving back to them that's what causes them to have to react to what's going on so well, i feel sometimes god i did go and do my research and i found a particular form that it's the same form that they keep in your records it shows who the application or who the the review process and how the depth of security what yes. when it goes to next they have to check off the yes. box so yes. next ask her okay you told and said his paper up to albany but now i know that's not the case you tell me look up his log number and you tell me out of these categories where his application is because i'm looking at it right here you know yes. so i did look you know, once I found he's not being upfront with me, I did my own research. Oh, but I, I kind of trusted her and I was wrong. So, yeah. you, know, you know, I'm going to approach it a different way. So we'll the see. only thing that I trust, the only thing that I trust is the next five minutes to come. That's the only thing I trust. <laughs> I ain't trusting nothing else. I mean, I don't know about the ladies on the thread because I, I definitely love all of y'all. But that's the only thing I'm trusting is I'm breathing within the next 10 to 20 seconds. Other than that, I don't really trust a lot of people. You don't even know that. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, it's called Omnicron. Don't forget, we got Florona on the way. Oh. That's the difference between influenza. And that's a mix between influenza and COVID. You know, so, I mean, hey, listen, man. Look, I had COVID about five years ago. It, it, it was called sick call. And I had it, and it went by. That's what it was called about five years ago. If I survived everything in prison, it is what it is. I'm vaccinated. I got Johnson & Johnson, April 29th, 2021. And it is what it is. But um, <laughs> anyway, so, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I just wish a lot of people would be a little more simpler when it comes to things that life would be more simpler because I feel like there's enough stress that's going on between the dynamic of the couples that have to deal with just the everyday of incarceration of uh, them not being able to be there when you just want to vent what's going on instead of him trying to be Mr. Fixer and want to fix what's going on in your day. And there's instances where he's just mad, he's locked up, and he can't really tell you what happens. And there's frustration on, on, on both ends of the phone. And the conversation didn't go very well. You're tossing and turning that night, wondering whether he got a meal or whether he's safe and all that. So I definitely understand and empathize with a lot of the feeling with a lot of the women on the thread. And my heart goes out to y'all, and I'm definitely working from my end here with Columbia University and, and just with a lot of other organizations just to shed a lot of light on the importance of higher education and trying to make sure programming is back there as soon as it can because they need the computer labs so they can do their parole packages, so they can have some semblance of normalcy of then have night rec and be able to just you know, get back to what normal can look like for some way for a lot of them because it's tough in there and, and they don't need y'all stressing them out to make it even more tougher with them having to do a lot of the things. And and y'all got bills to pay. Y'all got mortgages. Y'all got car notes. Y'all got internet to pay. And a lot of times when 
you're able to take whatever they're doing off the plate and they're able to program and be able to be self-sufficient in there. That's something that's real important that needs to happen. And it needs to be communication on both parts. So I feel sometimes like, um, you know, I wish we could have a lot more dialogue with a lot of the men inside because their own gripes can be taken from my perspective and they can also hear a lot of the struggles that y'all deal with. Just dealing with COVID on a basis here every single day and seeing a lot of the stress and strain that y'all deal with on a, on a regular basis. And well, I'm out here now and I'm able to attest to it and see it. You know, I adopted somebody in prison and I send them packages every other month. And I just see the struggle of you carrying 30 pounds to the mail and spending an extra $37 to make sure that goes out. Get the two boxes that cost $6.95, sit there and tape them inside the post office, then lift up that heavy plexiglass shit so it could go on a scale for you to just tell you how much you're going to waste another $40 on top of the $175 that it comes with the package. And don't mm -hmm. let him have no expensive taste where he want albacore tuna, he wants the hostess <laughs> cupcakes with the sprinkles, and he want, uh, he want roasted pepper wise potato chips instead of the bootleg uts. But I'm not even going to go there. That's a whole other conversation for a whole other spot. But um, <laughs> and don't want him want horsepower. He wants Tim's. And, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'm not even going to go into that. We can move forward from that. Um, but you know, anyway. Um, there's something <clears throat> really quickly. I don't know um, what I'm more mad at, but it there's not a... Um, we have people coming from other prisons um, upstate. And I don't know if the officers are more caring or they just don't care, but they're letting the couples touch hands. They're letting them kiss in some of the prisons. You know, I don't know if, I, like I said, I'm mad. I have mixed feelings because that's kind of reckless because that's how COVID spreads. And then it, you know, looks bad for the rest of us and affects the rest of us. But I feel like Sing Sing out of all the prisons in New York state is taking this a little too far. Number one, I put up the directive earlier because one lady today was told that after she takes the test, she cannot go sit in her car, which was on the property, just feet away from the tent in a handicapped uh, parking spot. On the directive, it clearly says, once you take the test, you're to go to your car for 15 minutes wait with the results and then come back, all right? So meanwhile at Sing Sing, they have all of us out there freezing in the cold, waiting for the results, even though Sing Sing always does the opposite or makes their own rules contrary to the directive. Um, social distancing, at Sing Sing we sit eight feet apart, not six feet apart, to even put their food on the other side of the table. Do you know what we have to go through to scoop the food over on the other side of the table? <laughs> they, even, oh. even the proper sanitary things that they say supposed to be done is not done at Sing Sing. After two years of going to Sing Sing, they just put paper towels in the woman's bathroom for the first time. Well, Never paper towels. But the point is every other prison, it's like either they feel sorry for us, but they're doing more to keep the relationships together? Are they letting more happen? Or they okay. understand, I don't know. But All right, so let's analyze that. that. Let's analyze that now. So you, cause you said a lot. So we're, we're, we're juxtaposing Western prisons to Sing Sing. And I'm just gonna include Sing Sing cause 
Nobody has been to Green Haven in a while. Nobody has been to Fishkill. I just, I just do. Prisoners. Now, I'm just gonna say this: the white, the white folk upstate, they handle things a certain way, and they handle things a little more. Uh, they may handle things with a little more etiquette as far as people coming in, but you have to understand sometimes it 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 weighs the pros and the cons because if right now you had to go travel to Attica every day or every weekend. What it does, it makes more of an arduous process in order to go ahead and go up north. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just looking at it from a different perspective because a lot of the men have to eat a lot of a lot of nonsense or have sometimes have to swallow a lot of pride and a lot of ego when they're dealing with being so close to home because they're making it easier for y'all to come see them. A lot of times the way the officer may talk with them, A lot of times when they interact with staff or with even their fellow prisoners. And I can attest to that as far as being there for 10 years at Sing Sing, that it wasn't always the easiest thing to do to endure that. And sometimes we do that for family because we want to make it as easy for y'all as possible. So what I'm just saying is that while you have the own pros and cons when it comes to how you feel about certain way things handled in upstate prisons rather than Sing Sing, a lot of the men are dealing with a lot of that every single day, having a lot of these, um, you know, a lot of these Oreo cookies talks in a certain type of way that they're black on the on the outside of their skin, but they're white on the inside. And they feel they're going to talk to us any old way. They're going to feel they're not going to give us showers. They're just going to manhandle us a certain type of way because they feel we're just going to eat it because we're all the way down here and we have some type of fear of being away or going back up top. But it's not a fear of going back up top. It's just the fear of not having that intimate relationship with our significant others. And then does it have to necessarily be in a sexual level? It's just the intimacy level to be around them on a consistent basis and be able to feel the unconditional love that y'all have for us coming to see us on a consistent basis in prison. Okay, so because we want to be close to our loved ones, should we just, you know what I'm saying, sit back and take being subjected to anything and because even their protocol is how they're doing this COVID test and it's not even sanitary. They having us outside in the tent. There's no sanitizing wipes. There's no gloves. There's no proper disposal of the test kits once we're done. And basically they're telling us that we have to do this ourselves. So who's to say that we're even doing it right? And who's to say that the test results that they're getting back is even accurate? So, I mean, it's, they, they, they just need to get themselves together in so many levels. I believe I believe Not that. Only that I believe that. but let me just address that because I, I definitely want to give it because this is the first time me meeting you and, and, and I love the energy. But my thing is out of everybody that was out there today that endured that in the cold, how many people actually got on an email or went to write it up? See, my thing is is your significant other or your loved ones can't write it up because they didn't witness what happened because it's hearsay, whatever they tell you through the grievance process. Okay. Okay, so being employed for certain companies okay. in the bathroom or a certain area, they have postings of like, if you feel that you're not being treated right in your job, they have a posting where you can complain to. So where is that on at Sing Sing? Because we don't know who to call. 
I don't know who to call. You know what I'm saying? And then you, you, who's to say that you're calling the right person when you are calling these people? You get the runaround. I mean, it's, it's, it's frustrating. But if we can get the proper and the accurate information posted for us of the people who we can contact, that would be ha- that's half the battle. Okay. No the, um, the state of Florida now they have a visitation schedule. So you have to apply by the Wednesday of that week in order to go and visit your loved ones. So you have Monday, Tuesday, and I think you have to five o'clock on Wednesday to put in that, um, put in an application to see if you're approved to come visit. So within an application, I think that's how uh, they're, they're eliminating, like they, they, they tell us the COVID guidelines and everything on the checklist. And they also have under the um, application uh, a link to complain to the legislators. So um, to answer that question, they we see it each week if we go in and apply to visit. Now, the state of Florida, they have this whole new protest going on called WAR. And it's um, the acronym WAR is for We Are Responding. So um, most recently, they all protested on the same day, like did like a sit down. And the food service workers, they decided that they wasn't going to do it that day. And it, and, and it caused a lot of havoc because um, they were protesting the work conditions inside of the prison, the lack of mental health care, the lack of, um, feel, of not feeling humane when it comes to um, visitation. So they're, they're trying to do stuff even within the prison. Okay. Oh, well, Fredo. Who do yeah. we, uh, I like that. Like, I don't, but in, okay, so in New York, I know we got to write to Albany or where, because somebody just texted me, where do we write to to complain for Sing Sing? So can you tell us where they can write to? Okay, so I would say the first thing is, is that I gave Indira the email address for Nancy Fernandez. That would be the first person you would start emailing. And can I feel- you the comments? And, an- and another thing, being that you're outside, I wanted to ask, while I get taking the, the COVID test, do you still have access to your phones while you're on the property taking the COVID test? We're supposed to have our phones cut off once we go past a certain point. So when we're in that tent, because I was reprimanded for having my phone on in a trailer, and she, she let me know <clears throat> that even once I'm in that tent and I'm filling out that paper, that my phone should be off. It has to be off. Okay, so, but you're still in possession of the phone. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so my thing is, is that if there's anything else and for anybody on the thread or anything like that, <clears throat> what I always suggested, and I always have my loved ones, because that happened one time to my mom's where there was a discrepancy, step out, dial the number to the facility and dial extension 5000. And that right there is to the superintendent, and that's going to get you to a watch commander or a debt or someone that is way above the pay grade that's at the visiting room, and you have to be able to articulate and let them know what's going on. And then when they when they understand that you're complaining and you're right outside, they don't want that smoke. Because if there's one, two, three, or four of y'all doing the exact same thing, what happens is it just, that, that particular watch commander can't watch Jeopardy reruns for the rest of the day. That means he has to get up off his hiney, and he has to actually do some work. So my thing is, is then after that, what happens is if three or four of y'all call in a particular instance, what happens is a UI report, which is an unusual incident report, has to be filed. And then after that, someone has to go to Albany with a copy. So my thing is, is that 
I want y'all to understand that y'all have a lot of power that you don't use. And I'm not saying that, you know, to act like, you know, you know, we're Hacksaw Jim Duncan or something like that. But my thing is, is that the power of an email or the power of picking up the phone is okay. way more stronger than us being inside trying to write a grievance because they have to answer the out because y'all are taxpayers right then and there. Okay, so the, the so just saying that if we're at Sing Sing and this is going on, step outside, call the facility 5,000. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. I say um, also start hitting up the local newspapers and get the message out that way. Um, just just to pre-warn you, I'm just going to share something real quick because I did have my uh, phone out. Um today yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot Indira, you froze. i don't want to find you know other pictures <laughs> you see that you see that no no nobody sees yes. That? yes 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 uh-huh that's from the day before. When we press for these, this is inf possibly infectious material it because is. who knows how many of those tests are just in the trash can out in the open in the tent. Before they don't take us. the proper. Exactly. We were the first ones there. This is tests from yes. yesterday. They don't know how to. Like they need to have an outside vendor come in, a third party. If they're going to do the testing, they need to do it correctly and they need to do it safely. And they're not right now. And I'm not faulting the COs because they're just tasked with a job that they're not qualified to do. And they're not Absolutely. giving direction. So I don't want to fault the young man who was out there. It's not his fault. He was no. just thrown, basically thrown in the fire. You get what yeah. I'm saying? I want to fault the system because they're not taking the proper precautions and the proper steps to make sure it's done right and safely. Exactly. You know, they give him any gloves to protect himself. No you hand know? sanitizer. Like COs, write to your union about that. They, <laughs> you're not qualified to do the testing and your employers are putting you a danger by having you out there handling specimens and touching the things that you shouldn't really even be touching. You need proper PPE. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you this, Pammy and Indira, when I was first inside and they first tested us for COVID, who do you think did the testing? The officers? The officers? A thousand percent correct. Wow. Wow. When we first started the pandemic when they locked us down in March of 2020 and they decided that they was going to go ahead and test all of us they shut the entire housing unit down and they had us come down gallery by gallery. And there were officers that were doing the test and there were also practitioners doing the test. And one of the officers had the nerve to be upset with me when I said, hey, yo, why you got on some blue leather gloves that you wear in the yard to pat people down and you about to have me stick that up my nose? I said, you need to put on some surgical gloves that you just worked with somebody before then. The lieutenant made her take off those gloves and put on some other gloves. So my thing is, is that the system is trying to cut corners anytime they try to do things and give out this a fly by the seat of your pants, basic training to these officers so they can save money, regardless of whether they get affected or not. So I understand what you're saying. I'm not so much mad at the officers, even though the union is strong. 
far as no. mandated testing. I'm more mad at Albany because they don't want to spend a million, a, a little sliver of the millions and millions of dollars that they receive to house each individual inmate. I think right now, each individual inmate over 10 years in prison is somewhere in the range of $60,000 a year. So you don't want to take a little bit of that money to go ahead and provide them adequate medical care. So, I mean, this is something that's been going on for years that everybody has, has knows what goes on, but it's just part of course because it hasn't seen so many deaths or seen so much tragedy like it has with COVID and this big uptick that's been going on. So, like mm -hmm. I said, um, until Albany is held to a higher standard, maybe by the CDC, it's definitely not going to trickle down to the offices. But guess what? Is COVID really a big deal right now? I mean, I, I mean, it is a big deal, but we know with this new strain, how many people do we know got COVID with this new strain and just got sick for a couple days if they're vaccinated, even if they're not and have no comorbidities, they weren't affected horribly. This new variant is almost like getting not even the flu, but they're really like, the, I commend Governor Hochul. This is why I commend Governor Hochul because she's being very careful about not jumping the gun and shutting everything down. She's saying, you know, this is not really as serious as the other one. We're not gonna jump the gun. They've been very careful about not shutting down the prisons. You get what I'm saying? Because they know what's gonna happen if they do but they've been very careful because this one really isn't that bad. Like it's not like the Delta and it's not like the prior strain, but yeah. you know, the union will tell you, oh my God, shut it down, you know, but it's not really a big deal. It is what it is. That's what they tell them inside. Y'all are gonna get it. It's not that bad, deal with it, you know, and that's that. Um. I mean, I have big, <laughs> feelings about that whole ordeal when it comes to because um, some people cannot get the vaccine for whatever medical reasons and I do believe that it can be detrimental to the people that are not vaccinated that may get it with an already compromised immune system and I mean death is death so it's well, bad. People that are compromised and that can't get it for certain reasons just like they I mean I can't say segregate them, you know what I'm saying? But if I were inside and I know that I had an a, a issue where I can't get vaccinated and I'm scared for my life, put me in a section of the prison where people, yeah, I can't get vaccinated, they're more protected from getting so Where something. is that? Because Wait. they make room. The box. Sure. Oh, sure. Where is that? No, I want to go there. They Where that honor block, they kick them out and they have everybody that got sick with COVID in the honor block. Yeah, so so that but the only reason why they did that is because the original place where they had on five building on eight gallery was already filled up. See, my thing is this isn't what what I'm saying is is that I want y'all to understand something, right? Y'all, I love y'all. I love y'all energy. I love everything. I, this happened two years ago. So my thing is they were gonna move everybody out of honor block when if it got crazy and they were gonna have more people. It's just now they have more people, but it it, it it's just that. They have more people and 70% of them already are vaccinated inside there. See, I'm more worried about the elder form of the population, or like you said, people with comorbid conditions that can't vaccinate with that particular uh, uh, a notion in mind, or that just won't do it to be hard-headed, and then you end up being a casualty of this war. So my thing is sometimes I just look at things as 
the, the, the facility had to do that, which everyone knew that was going to happen inside the facility because of what happened in 2020. But my thing is that I'm more concerned with now how they treating y'all coming in when, I'll be honest with you, I've been out here six months. Who cares about Omicron? Everybody's still riding a train. Everybody's still going to school. Everybody's still riding a bus. Only thing different now is if you go eat indoors, you have to show your vaccination card. <clears throat> and for a lot of people, those are fake too. So my thing about it is, is that what, what are we really talking about? Like, I feel as though the, the docs is getting the opportunity to weaponize COVID to the point where they're putting a the strain on the family dynamic. And that's the problem that I have with the whole thing is that you, you want to hold the, the prisoners to a set of standards. But then after that, when the CDC and other people bring up these standards, you want to bend them to your particular will and say it's called security. That's the issue that I have with it. There's no reason why my Pammy should be out there with four degrees uh, 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 freezing her giblets on. Out there trying to take this rapid step to get closer to see your families. I'm more concerned with that than I'm more concerned with Omicron or Florona or whatever it is because 70% of the people you go in to see are vaccinated. So my thing about it is, is let's just do the numbers. I'm just saying, I'm not a gambler, man, but let's just do the numbers. If seven out of every 10 men coming down are vaccinated through the herd mentality, there's a real notion, like y'all say, it's the officers and the staff that are bringing in the virus. And they're the ones, it's not the person. Because you know, they have, they have us take our masks down. Before we go to the metal detector and and I'm like I, I don't feel safe around you guys I don't want to take my mask down around you guys they be, they be like can we see on the inside of your mask I don't want to do it y'all y'all the ones that got all this stuff blowing it all on all, all of us too. I don't want to scared of them please <laughs> yeah. we can sit around and, this is what I love about being here with y'all is that the energy is infectious because I love the fact that through all this, y'all going to persevere and it's going to push through. We're going to vent a little while. We're going to have a great time with the conversation. But my thing is, I just want y'all to understand, Nancy Fernandez made a habit for Sing Sing when they were talking about the food in the back and the microwaving and having to keep it closed. When you got the 50 or 75 family members that call, the superintendent got a very, very nasty, whatever that was, I don't know what it was, because the IOC meeting after that, when they came to see them, they were totally like, he didn't even want to talk. This is what it is. It's been changed. If there's any problems, contact me officially that this is done. So what I'm saying is initially when y'all came to me before about this happening with the fool and everybody that Monday started hollering at Nancy Fernandez, and I did include it. I did include it, and I wrote the superintendent. So my thing about it is, is that there needs to be more of those, I wish I'd call them, those e-blocks. There need to be more of those 50 or 75 people. That are e-blocks, e-blocks, yes. But we said that, but it that, does, it, but I... That makes it more serious because all of y'all have a particular concern that needs to be addressed. But you know what? I think because the food situation, it like affected everybody even though this affects us too i don't think and yo pammy you were going to talk to the american diabetes association they don't have a smoke 
This is what I tell you is that these people don't want that type of smoke. No, I did though, cause they I, don't bother me at all. I mean, I get up. And Derek can tell you in, in, in Tunisia, when at, right after the count, they don't even stop me. I get right up, walk, and I go check my sugar. I come back. They don't bother me at all. They even got vegetable chips inside the vending machine. And that was the first. That's the first time I ever saw that today. Vegetable chips. And you ate them all because... I sure did. <laughs> they, they, took out, they took out all the popcorn and now they put it... <laughs> I think um, the COVID thing, if we could post Nancy, what you said, <laughs> Fernandez email, we, yes. we, we really need to get that email out. And even if we have to come up with a template and put it in a magazine so everybody could email her because it is a problem and it, it's affecting the, the um, actual prisoners and the guards. Um, y'all, I saw y'all in the news. I saw Sing Sing in the news. With that guard that um got over a hundred days, OJI. Basically, he said that he got hurt at work, and yeah. they were paying him to stay home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with those situations, you got me doing COVID tests with no surgical gloves, throwing it in a trash can, getting <laughs> contaminated. I would have probably tried to do the same thing. Hey, I'm hurt. <laughs> I'm real hurt. Mm -mm. Oh my god! Oh my god! No, but I mean, it's just, I just like when you guys give me the directives and because, okay, so my husband, like the beginning of the week, I got over 20 emails, it's like 17,000 calls telling me that he was in the box, which he wasn't in the box. He just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And it looked like he was going in the box. And he didn't, which I was very happy about because I, I was devastated. I was like, oh, my God, my trailer is gone. That's <laughs> <laughs> so selfish. I want you to be clear. I, her husband was gone. That her trailer was gone. But go ahead. Go with me. Go with me. <laughs> no, but he, he wasn't in the box, thank God. But he was explaining what happened. It happened because he is the COVID janitor or whatever he goes out and he wipes down the kiosks and stuff for the covid whatever and he's doing that stuff and something happened and it got crazy but he wasn't involved with it but it had to do with the covid and you know they they getting sick of it they getting tired of it they even getting tired on the inside so we really have to write this nancy fernandez person to get some type of insight or some type of something changed or some better situation because it's it's getting i'm just ah, uh, it's so much and today was just like four degrees outside it was just like oh my god it was four degrees we were standing outside like i'm tired of standing outside like today was like it's cold and the first day that they did it was tuesday and real afraid they let my 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 um my driver's license fly off the table. He had I made the guard go run and catch it because they didn't even know what they was doing. I was like, oh my god, it was ridiculous. Okay. Oh, we got it. You see, it Nancy Doc, she put it up there. You got Nancy it. Fernandez at docsny.gov. .gov. You see it? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, so we did. Thank you. So I'm gonna write. Something that you could spread along to the women, um, which is which is something that's important. 
Um, like I said before, we when we wrote when they was dealing with the food issue, everybody was able to um kind of band together. I kind of found out through an inside source that uh 37 people had reached out to Nancy Fernandez and the superintendent received the 47 emails as well. So my thing received the next day, Nancy Fernandez had sent him the email, which I would have loved to hear that email. Okay. That email been real special because I always feel shit rolls downhill in any organization you're in. So I would have loved to be able to see how that rolled down the hill. And then as a way that mean, I heard Lieutenant Gillum was uh, removed from being a watch commander from the visit room and everything just went on forward as normal as possible. So to me, I just feel like there's always, inside we always say we file grievances in bunches because there's safety in numbers and I also hold that mantra out here when all of y'all are doing it. I wouldn't want to put y'all on an island by yourself. It's safety in numbers and everybody needs to be sending Nancy Fernandez emails about what's going on and displeasures they have with the testing process so that way the superintendent can receive this particular information and he can act accordingly. Can we get the superintendent information also? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dara, you have that as well. You know Mikey's information. You got him on speed dial. It's email, people emailing him. It's okay. Not Just remember um, this, Kira. Remember this, and I always taught you this, sis. It's a feeling he will get over it. It's a feeling he will get over it. That means he no, has I, to I, don't, I have his, I just spoke, I mean, I don't have his email. I have the number to talk to his assistant from when I had that situation, but I don't have his email. His assistant, because they'll get a very rude answer from him. And oh, I, love I, I love his rude answers. I love his rude answers. I, I, yeah, I, I had come back, but he, he was like, where did you get my email from? You know yeah, what I'm saying? You should have told him. You got it from Wilfredo Laraquente. You should have told okay. him where you got it. <laughs> I want I, you to uh, remember. I emailed him that one time because the Miss Mary told me to when my situation happened, yeah. but yeah. I don't remember what I did with it because it was like I sent it. Up. And listen, I'll dig it up and send it to David to make sure you get it so you have it on speed dial because to okay. me, the sender's email it goes directly to him. And remember this, he's on the thread with Docs, so he can't even delete that. They're gonna have a backup of that, and he's gonna have to answer that. Well, That's what the, I when he answered a certain way, basically the way I answered him was like, well, I'm just trying to let you know what's going on because I was told to call Mr. Muhammad at, um, what's the name of the organization? I forgot, sorry. <laughs> Not the name of the organization. I, I was told to call Mr. Muhammad and I thought maybe I would just bring it to you first so you can correct it before I go above your head you know, to that organization. And then he understood, you know, I'm just trying to keep it in house because basically when you advise me, you said, give him the, you know, give them the consideration and maybe yeah. they can fix it first. I, I felt like I was doing the right thing by letting them know first, instead of going over their heads and giving them a chance to fix it in house before going to the outside agency that regulates it has, I think that um, agency is the only agency that's, authorized by New York State to be a watchdog for the New York State prison system. So they're able to come in and I believe inspect the prisons, they're able to go to Albany, talk to the governor. They do a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. But they're it's a very powerful agency and they don't like it when Mr. Muhammad comes calling. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mr. Muhammad because he helped me vent out. So... 
giving and stuff. But you know, I I haven't really spoken to him since that incident. Um, and she now jails, and she she tried to make it hard for Corey, and she was yelling at him, talking about I'm gonna spray you, and he was like, "This is a retaliation from my wife." Like that it hurt. was a whole big thing. I did all the way from. Huh? Spray him with <laughs> what happened? What was she I... trying to spray him with? Oh, she yeah, was going to spray him with Nate, talking about, um, because he was going to um take a shower. She was like, "Go back inside," but he's allowed to take a shower for whatever job he had. He was like, "I'm going to take a shower," and she was like, "I was screaming to the top of her lungs. I was spray you," and they came running like they pulled. She pulled the pin, yeah. and all and Corey was just standing there with his shower stuff. And she's screaming and yelling. And they was like, why are you screaming and yelling? Corey was like, she's crazy and she has a problem with my wife. And if she tried to write him up or whatever, but that went away too. But I didn't call Mr. Muhammad for that. I called him for the other thing that she did. But she was trying to like go back there and mess with him, but it never... I'm saying is not doing what y'all supposed to be doing because you have to let these officers in the vision room know. Now, listen, man, it's nice that you have a feeling, but that's way above your pay grade. Once people know that things are above their pay grade, they're going to handle you totally a different way. Because when I was in there, I ain't even need to have to worry about that. They already knew that I was going to open my mouth regardless. I was going to tell Mikey how I felt and whether they liked it or not. They already <laughs> about it. <laughs> you know, when you have that type of character currency that we had and we created within that culture... It just makes it different because they see you're on a progressive level. So when you're dealing with higher education and you're more included on what's going on within the confines of the prison and you're trying to cultivate your voice and cultivate the voice of the men as well and actually be active with it, in a, they understand that they have to handle you differently. So to me, being around that circle, and I learned real quick when I got the same thing in 2012, that you're going to get on this lane or you're going to get rolled over. I just was not getting rolled over. That's just how I gave it. Okay. Well, Indira, I want to ask you a question. No FRP questions. That's what I was about to ask you. How has it done for... No, not that. Like how how has it helped your relationship? I mean, basically, uh, a lot of people right now, there's a lot of families that broke up because you can't touch hands, you can't they have no physical contact, period. You know, um, whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated, they just can't touch. So without physical intimacy or a basic touch, you know, I feel like um, before that we were arguing over every little thing, you know? And then I, one of the COs said to him, um, y'all ain't arguing today? He said, no, after... Um, <laughs> <laughs> not after last week. <laughs> not you know, after the day. Give me everything all good. <laughs> Everything's great, you know. No, I'm just saying, like it, it helps your family, like dynamic. It, you know, because sure. people don't even know what people the, the basic, the basic human necessity is that of touch and 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 you know, um, intimacy, even, I mean, even from the simplest stage, not even talking about husband and wife or girlfriend and boyfriend, 
Even when a baby's born into this world, they need the touch of their parent. Everybody needs touch or some type of contact to maintain a relationship or to feel, you know, or to even survive. As you a know? life massage therapist, touch is therapeutic and it's healing. <laughs> and that's what a lot of these guys up there need. They need to be touched because, you know what I'm saying, they've been neglected and beat on for so long. Mm-hmm. They don't know what it's like to have a caring, you know what I'm saying, caressing, even just a, a holding of the hand or, you know what I'm saying, just a, something as small as a hug. They need that. If, mm-hmm. they give them, if they give them guys hugs, trust me, it'll be much better. <laughs> That's another story, though, for another yeah, day. I just feel like being able to cook, being able to cook. Uh, being able to take a bath, being able to take a shower when I wanted to, um, just being able to let down my defense mechanism that I've developed that's kept me safe for the last 20 years was what I enjoyed with the FRP. And it just being able to enjoy the little things, the the laughter or the joking, um, just be able to just sit around and not do anything. You know, just being able to not have to go to sleep at a particular time and be able to do it when you want to and just change up the routine, it became real therapeutic. Um, so as far as the intimacy thing, I just felt like the FRP was very crucial where it just had me be able to reset and be able to now kind of like let my head down and let my defenses down and then just get back to the grind, you know, whether it's blonde or whether it was black, however you want to talk about it. (laughs) But, um, my thing is, is just to be able to just, be able to just say, yo, you know what? I can embrace my humanity. I could go ahead and just do things that I'm not normally able to do. And then I could go ahead and just go back to the normal hustle and bustle. The the, the, the massage and the physical part of it, I mean, that was, yeah, that's cool and all that. But it was the little things that I always enjoyed in the FRP. You know, just being able to just embrace my humanity and be able to reset and be able to come back and just get ready to deal with the grind. Yeah, because whatever happened, I you know, uh, the last the last time I su- he had a surprise for me, and I didn't even ask him to do this, and he got my name, a big old tattoo across his chest over his ice <laughs> name. He got <laughs> over so like you know something must be working you know uh you know properly so you know everything's pressing. <laughs> That's a story for another day. She was like, well, you know, maybe it's something good. Like, yo, come on, man. It's all good. It's all good. We all adults. It's all good, man. I'm just glad to experience, like I said, man, when you let your head down and you're able to experience that. Okay. I didn't do it yet, damn it. Oh, I mean, hold on, Indira, but she has 7,000 visits. So somewhere along the line in there, you know, we don't have as many visits as her in. I ain't got 7,000. So we... <laughs> I can't wait to do my little FRP. It's going to be good. I'll report back how great it was. Listen, the best part, the best part was being able to cook that meal and then after be able to wash the dishes and throw out the trash and then hear a snore when it was around like 10 30. Like, let me know. 
like, yo, listen, man, it's all good because I feel sometimes y'all don't get the vacation. And I feel like coming when y'all used to come in to see us, that was the best part of having a vacation was able to wait on y'all hand and foot. And I felt that was the best thing of it. Everybody waits on us hand and foot, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> have we ever um, have we ever talked about the process of getting FRP? Like, is um, it a time? Okay, so not everybody's eligible uh, and a lot of people they get their hopes up and some people may get married and the guy's not up front with them that I may never be able to get an FRP depending on um, what they're in prison for like if they have a a uh, like if they murdered their girlfriend or something or an elderly person then they're considered high risk and they won't allow them FRP because they feel like they may endanger the life of the person that they're out there with. So they'll never get an FRP. Um, but you have to, of course, um, be a fam immediate family member. There's mothers that go out there with their sons and, and fathers. Um, <laughs> um, Brothers, or, his aunts. Mm -hmm, yeah. Or um, you have to be married basically. So you have to get married first and then you put an application in and it goes to Albany. Um, it takes about five weeks, I guess, for the full cycle. Um, the director said. Isn't it like programs that the guy has to do first before you can even do the application? Like it's a whole process. Now you don't have to do the programs first, but what it does say that a person, yeah. for, for example, has a homicide, then he has to have some more of anger regression training. It has mm -hmm. to be form of a mandatory program called ART inside or what they could do is they could do the alternative to violence program which is a weekend seminar that goes and deals with the anger regression training and then they could use that as a substitute on the FRP application if they have a possession in their particular crime or possession or dirty urine while they were in prison then they have to take the ASAC program which deals with the alcohol and substance abuse training program which is about six months to nine months. And then you have to take that. And then if you don't take that, they have an alternative with that, which is called Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, which you need to put on the FR applica application as well while it goes through a full cycle and it goes to Albany. So it is a long and arduous process on top of it maintaining a disciplinary record, maintaining a good disciplinary, certain amount of programming. You can't have a lot of tickets and Daryl was right. If you have an order of protection or any type of crime against a woman or the elderly, it's very difficult to get an FRP. So it really depends on, you know, the type of work that the men have been doing while they've been in prison, their behavior, as well as what their crime is, as a combination of everything. It took me about two years before I was able to get my trailer because I wasn't always a nice guy that I am the nice guy now. Well, Corey knows that as well. So uh, <laughs> me and Corey have been a comrades for a long, long, long time. So um, I always didn't uh, roll this way. So, you know, I had to go ahead and reap what I sold and suffer the consequences. Um, but I eventually, after two years, I was able to uh, participate in the FRP program. And I got sent trailers before they shut them down in 2020. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was in heavy rotation, so I definitely... Um, I see. Yeah, I was, I was in. We were going about once every 
95 to 97 days. What? That long? Yeah. And Sing yeah. Sing? Yeah, Sing Sing, yeah. About oh. 175 to 97. Yeah, about that. Mm. I did about 10. I did about 10. Um, why so long in between the visits? Well, that actually isn't really long. I've kind of like been to other places where I had to with my mom in Greenhaven, where we had to wait like every four to, four to five months to go on a trailer when I went out with my kids and my mom and my pops and my aunt. So me, every 95 to 97 days, that was kind of all right with me because, you know, it gave me time to work on school and I turned around with school, get my degree in. Oh, I'm going on a trailer. Or I ended up working down in the visit room and all of a sudden, 90 days flew by. Like, I think I think in prison, like I tell the girls here, we have a warped sense of time. I feel 90 days is like a week to me. So it's like, it's nothing to me now, 90 days, so. Wow. I'm um, looking up the eligibility and seeing that um, if you're under 18, and you're a child trying to go visit your loved one in a prison, and your other parent that's not incarcerated doesn't consent, then that's a no-go. Oh, that is, that is a fact. That, 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 I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, right, 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 Kay? If you weren't real friendly with your baby mother before this last relationship, and you're going to have a hard time trying to get that child up on the FRP. It's, 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 it's going to be hard and Nine times out of ten, she feels some type of way because now you've moved on and got married and and you in prison and she's trying to poo-poo on your your rainy day, your sunny day. I mean, I don't I don't been there and did that. So I mean I, I definitely know, yeah, that's 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 kind of rough. That's about your rights as the father of the child. Uh if you weren't married, you have no rights. And I want to put that clear. If you weren't married to the particular person before you were incarcerated, your rights are very limited as far as visitation. Any judge forcing them to come up and provide you with any visitation, any participation in the family reunion program, it's really next to nil. Um, I've helped guys out through the Oswald Association when I was inside trying to work on uh, parental rights. If you go to the box for 120 days and someone sent out a termination of parental rights to your last known address and nobody answers that within 90 days, your parental rights can be terminated regardless of you're in prison or not, or you receive that memo or not. So unless you've been married with this particular person and you're incarcerated, you really have no rights when it comes to visitation with the child. It seemed like either way, whether you married or not, if the the parents say no, that's it. That's That's it. I'll be honest, that, that is definitely uh, a slippery slope when it comes to that. Wow. Yes. I have been, I've seen it all and done it all when it comes to that. I have seen it. Wow. A lot of bickering when it comes back and forth, when, especially when uh, the parents are involved and people feel jaded and, you know, that was supposed to be me going on a trailer with you and you know, you left me, and now I'm going to go ahead and make it difficult for you. You know, hell have no fury like a woman's scorn. I mean, I, I've, I've seen it, and I've, I've, I've experienced it, and I understand it, especially a black woman. I'm going to go ahead and throw that all the way out there. That's a- <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a good thing I ain't black now. <laughs> I'm oh, black. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
And so uh, I definitely, uh, I, I, what I'm saying is, is woo boy, when, when they start swinging, oh man, it's it's all more. Well, most 99.9% of the time, if they upset, it's probably something that, you know, the other person started. Word? I don't, I don't think, I don't think you're going to swing for no reason. I feel that there's, 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 there's culpability on both sides because yeah, that way after yeah. one person struggle and minimize another person's struggle. And I don't like to put anybody's struggle on trial because struggle is struggle and trauma is trauma. But I feel for me, when a woman is thawed or spawned, it's a whole other animal. It's just a whole other animal. That's all it is. Especially if she's African American. Especially if she's African. Whole other, whole other ball of wax. Whole other ball. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not even going front. Absolutely. And it ain't well, no So, um, all of these new legislations, like the rap that was doing, uh, like how was how was that going? I forgot the name of this particular. Um, I think it's Corey put this. I don't know. It's a motion or whatever about um he was abused and all of this other stuff. Like, what can you explain that real quick? Okay, so the two bills that they have right now, and and this past was, I happen to be uh, sitting down with rap with. The legislators, the Fair Retirement Act is something that they have implemented right out of China Pass, which is basically saying that the parole board needs to be held to a different type of standard, and they need to now just not worry about the nature of the crime, and they have to also include a person's disciplinary history. They have to include whether they had higher education. They have to include now what particular traumas or adverse childhood experiences. These all should be mitigating factors whether they decide whether they should be released by the parole board, because no one should be the head and directly uh, 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 judge for one particular incident for the rest of their life. Like one mantra that I live by is I refuse one poor choice what I hold myself accountable for to have that the head and dictate the way I move for the rest of my life. So what the fair and time does is that they hold the parole to, to the, a different standard that they have to consider certain things rather than with them two years and 18 months while they're going to that particular parole board. The, the, the 55 and over bill, which I'm not going to go into what's fair or not fair because I'm not going to do that. A different type of story for a different type of threat is that they're saying now that if you're 55 or over and you serve 15 years or more of your particular crime, that you should have the opportunity to go to the parole board. They're not saying you should be released. They're saying that you should have the opportunity to go to the parole board. Now, my sister on the line in Dira, we had this conversation wholeheartedly a lot of times, is that why should it just be relegated to just 55 and over? There are other guys that are not 55 that have served 15 years or better and should be looked at a case-by-case basis to say that their merits or their particular body of work could be considered for release if they have an extra 10 or 15 or 20 more years to do. Now, I receive pushback when I have these particular conversations is, that's what clemency is for, that's what this is for. And I feel that uh, Colcom, which uh, Dara swears by her, which to me, I don't, is because she 
wielding her power as much as she should because she should be looking at a lot more things on a case-by-case basis because there are a lot of men that have done a lot of good work, not only at Sing Sing, but at Greenhaven and other particular correctional facilities. So I just feel sometimes that um, I support both bills, but I just feel there needs to be uniform criminal justice reform and parole reform for everyone. University has been in the works of doing a lot of research when they think that once you have 15 people in prison, then the system checks and balances like higher education, no disciplinary record, a, a whole bunch of other factors that the district attorney should go ahead look at the So there's a lot of things that are on the preliminary thing as far as it comes to research, but um, those particular two bills are the ones that wrap. Are supporting. I do support them, and I do feel that we need to get more people home as much as possible. Because I'm just afraid, that and a lot of other things that may happen is that they may not make the home and they die behind a wall. And that's one of the worst fears a lot of us in prison have that we die behind the wall. So um, I just feel like I'm working towards helping that through a lot of the work that I do. But um, those are the two things that rap is supporting, and I do support those bills. Um, I think the bill that Pam, I don't know if it's a bill that Pam was talking about, but um, there's a there's a, a law or a legislation, whatever. Um, if um, it's a first time offender, first time violent felony, and they can prove that they had some type of trauma mm-hmm. um, that can, at that point in their life, um, they can get, I think it's, a, it's 440 or... Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about, Wilfredo. I know what you're talking about, but the thing is, is that it's a slippery slope because for anybody that's committed a homicide, there is no violent felony override. And what they're doing is, is they propose legislation where the violent felony override kicks in, which I'm not saying it can't happen, but with a lot of, I, I want to say it like this. Everybody has this thing about public safety or everybody has this thing about the victim. You know, when I hear a lot of family members who are victims of crimes, what they want, they want is for everybody to hear. So my thing is they don't want everybody to lock away and throw away the key. Like this uh, stereotype is all over the place when it comes to this or you have these Republicans talking about public safety and you need to go ahead and make sure to hold them accountable. And this is why Eric Adams, I'm, I, I, I call him the Black Giuliani, and I'm not really I'm not really too keen on him right now. He already implemented solitary confinement back in Rikers Island. He's already ahead and started appointing some people that are in charge of city jails that have a shady past, dealing with uh, uh, Anthony Baez when they had the choking incident. So to me, I don't know if he is about to hurt us and push us back four years from a lot of the eight years that we've dealt with a lot of restorative and progressive justice that we were here with the Blasio's era. So to me, it's like, I hear what y'all saying and that is a good idea. And the legislation is on the table, but it's in its infancy. But I'm just a little worried about Eric Adams and the way that he's coming in like a bull in the China. He's blue. What he First, wants to do. He's blue. You know yeah. what I'm saying? A lot of people, a lot of us, I'm not in New York City, but a lot of us in New York City voted for him because they I think all, first of all, all kinfolk is in skinfolk or all skinfolk is in kinfolk rather, sorry. But he, um, 
you know, basically he's blue before he's black. He's mm -hmm. part of the biggest gang in New York State, which is the NYPD. Mm -hmm. um, and he bleeds blue. He don't, he doesn't bleed yeah. red, you know, I'm, like the bleeds blue, you know? So we have to remember that, you know, as well. And like you said, like he already done a couple shady things that are questionable in his appointments. So yeah. it look good right now. It doesn't look good. Um, we'll see what happens, but I don't know. I'm worried about y'all in New York City. <laughs> I'm worried about us too. Mm -hmm. Quick question. Another question I have. I don't know if this is true, but I heard, I don't know if it's true. I want to know if somebody passes away in prison and they still owe time, you can't bury them? Who said that? Somebody said some craziness about... I, well, tell them I said it sounds good and crazy. I want you to good and emphasize the crazy after that. That's good and crazy. This, is this family member that are going to have the body or <laughs> autopsy that to be uh, performed or there isn't nothing nefarious or they want to perform their own uh, independent autopsy? I mean, the family members have the rights to them just as much as, as anybody else in the street. So to me, I, I didn't really... Uh, I mean, I understand you saying you heard it from somebody. Tell that somebody they good and crazy for me. Oh, okay. I heard that they um they're buried at the state cemetery. Yeah, like you can't if they still owe time to the state that they still have to give that time to the state. That's that they can't okay. afford. can't if afford. Someone claims the body. If no, there's no family members that claim the body, then they go out to an equivalent of Potter's Field and then they're put out there. But if there's family that's claiming the body and claiming the possessions. Or, or screaming that they want that particular loved one, they're gonna they're gonna go ahead and they don't want that type of smoke. They're gonna they don't want they don't want that 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 PR nightmare. They're gonna go ahead and just let it go. They're gonna let them go ahead and take the body and do what they got to do. So why can't we get why why aren't we able to obtain life insurance? Yes, I did global life. Yes, um, you can. Wilfredo told me only ten thousand dollars though. Only I have it. I got Gerber. I got Gerber and I yeah, did that. Gerber. It's Gerber now, life. It's only $10,000. Yeah. Only $10,000 that they allow you to do while you're incarcerated. Yes. Yep. I got it for my husband. I did. Yes. Well, you have to remember, like any type of insurance works on risk. Mm -hmm. You know, so to most insurance oh, companies. I forgot. We got the insurance on here. We got flow on yeah. here. Hold on a I'm, second. An incarcerated person's a high risk. They're not going to you know, a smart life insurance company, they're not going to insure anybody in prison. It's their prerogative because they're all in a money-making business who they want to insure and who they determine who's a high risk. And incarcerated people, really, it's a high risk. I mean, there's violence in prisons every day, you know, and um, they just don't want to take it. So... Um, I'm just nervous about going about getting the information like for me as a child of a incarcerated individual, how can I get his um, information, like his social and everything like that without it being? I think as, as a daughter, you can go to um, social security and request those type of things. Um, certificate, as long as you're like an immediate family member, you can go on their behalf and request all of that from social security department, the, um, the city uh, registrar for the you know, birth certificate, as his daughter, you have a right to all that stuff. Okay, thanks. 
Yeah, I did that when when he told me I did it, and I have his life insurance policy, and I paid the insurance, and yeah, it's but it's only ten thousand. Yeah, you can only Gerber only lets you do ten thousand. Yep, just to bury him, just in case. So yeah, you can. Huh? Just in case you never know. Yeah, just in case. But um, oh my God, this was a good show. Um, what happened to your lady? I told you. Yeah, she she never got back to us. Yeah. Okay. He bothering her. Okay, I'm so sorry. We were bothering her. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I wanted to ask about. Um, so you're not too sure about um, Eric Adams. What do you think about him bringing back the stop and frisk? Mm. Um, that's scary that's scary yeah, I have two sons alright so and, and, I, and I worry about this with myself because <clears throat> you know I, I, I haven't had no run-ins with the law yet but remember I'm still on parole so um, what I'm going to say is that he would have a PR nightmare if he tried to bring back stop and frisk but I always feel there's loopholes to everything because right now they're about to start bringing out the, the TNT squad that they had defunct. They said that they're bringing that back because of the uptick in gun violence. So um, and I heard Eric Adams' uh, regime that he uh, bringing in now as new people were kind of used to be on those squads back in the days in the late 80s and the early 90s when they were really beating dudes up for traffic, for drug stops on Tuesday and Thursday night. So what I'm going to, it may not be called stop and frisk, but it's going to be called something. And me working in the community center for new settlement, I've already started to make the young men aware that they have to be conscious of what's in their pocket. They have to be conscious of what looks like a weapon and they have to be conscious of brandishing certain things in front of other people because everybody doesn't have their best interest at heart. So me working in a community center with the young teens, you know, dealing with those young men of color, I just try to let them know to share my experience to let them know that, um, you know, the potential for a police state is coming. And, um, and we have to be mindful with a lot of our black and brown boys that mm -hmm. um, we have to make sure that the criminal justice system doesn't get a hold of them and they become exposed long term to the criminal justice system because they haven't been um, exposed to the streets. And I feel sometimes that just letting them understand a lot of my struggles and, and where I've been and, and how passionate I am about wanting the best for them and wanting them to listen to their mothers and, and having them identify different types of role models other than, you know, LeBron James and Jay-Z or little baby or little Wayne and start looking at a garbage man or a postal worker or a lawyer or a doctor. You know, I'm hoping that, um, my particular influence in the communities triples down so they understand that um, they need to be very conscious about what's going to happen within the next year or two. So for me, um, you know, it might not be called Stop and Frisk. It might be called something else. But um, I just need to ring the alarm within the communities and let them understand that, you know, it's open season on them, whether they want to admit it or not. And um, mm -hmm. they're a precious commodity in and I'm definitely on my job and on my P's and Q's trying to teach them, you know, that my way wasn't the way 
And you definitely don't want to get caught up in the type of ways that I used to be a part of. And I'm hoping that I can, you know, influence somebody one day at a time and one person at a time. And it makes a real big influence. I mean, you are. Oh, your ma- I have your magazines this week. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, well, the only thing saved you was it was Zoom. So I'm hoping for my next one on the 26th that I'll be able to. You, you will. Because yeah. they come in this week. We on people color time, so I get it anyway. It's on black folks. <laughs> it about nothing. I knew it was gonna be a day late anyway, so I knew that already. You know what I'm saying? Okay. This thing talk about. Now, if I bet you, if I needed one of them little dolls. I bet you that would have got FedEx to overnight and all that. But I mean, I, it's all good. I ain't worried about none of that. It was cool. I see you. <laughs> I see you, sis. I see you. I need to know why. <laughs> That was his second time bringing up these dolls. What's, what's up with you and dolls? Yo. <laughs> She's talking about the brown girls. My brown girls. Hey, yo, she got these little dolls. Yo. He's yo, upset. Yo, yo, Camilla, she got these little dolls all lined up in a row like little girl Chucky dolls. Right, like, that's what I said. I think it's a phobia. You, you, yo, you scared of like, Chucky. Yeah, <laughs> now, those are my brown girls. They are helping my brown girls be self-aware <laughs> of their beauty and their hairstyles. That's all that is. That is. <laughs> oh my god! But um, also, who? Um, well, Fredo, I want boys at this school. I got too. you. Y'all come. Just tell me what you yeah. I'm in. All right, because it's like I mean, it's powerful what you just said and. I'm really afraid about that new stop and frisk stuff too because I don't I, I didn't vote for Eric Adams and I live in Manhattan. I ain't vote for him. But um I know um a lot of the stuff that he was talking about and a lot of a lot of his um legislations and pat and all of the stuff that he was I was like, he is it's not gonna be a good thing. Like Azira said he's blue first and it's just horrible. And he speaks horrible. He's not a good public speaker at all. It's not a good public speaker at all. Listen, the more he'll do it, the better he'll get. You know? Oh, no. Yo, you know what? I wish I wish they had just same as Sally when they put me to the parole board the first time. I might have got out the <laughs> but I mean, that, that sounded good, but nah. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, you. Yeah, I, I like that. The owl that just you. Yeah, you. <laughs> oh, my. oh, my God. But... <laughs> So, but I mean, but I think that the stop and frisk is something needed. Maybe they just need to revise it, revamp it, do it over. I think that it kept a lot of gun violence down on the streets. Oh, it. I, I, I mean, but how they went about doing it was, you know, that's another thing. Okay, this is this is what I'll say about that, right? Because I feel public safety is always something that is a, a smoke and mirrors that that that's brought up. Yes, I do believe that we need to be policing our urban communities. What it is, is though, is I don't feel we need to be framing young black and brown boys so they could go ahead and continue the school to prison pipeline and be exposed to the criminal justice system. Just because a young man is a little defiant or a little standoffish or he's a little aggressive, doesn't give police officers the right to go ahead and put him up against a wall mm-hmm. and accost him 
and accost him just because they feel they have some form of probable cause because he's black and angry. I've been black and angry for a long time. And, and I, I agree with you. Okay. I, I have two young black men myself, but see, and then that's where all these other things come into play too, because they no longer have the after school activities that they used to have. So things to keep them occupied and off the streets. So, I mean, if they probably were to give these young black men occupied a time. Okay, so, well, what you could do is you could send them to the new settlement community center. I'm at 1501 Jerome Avenue with the Bronx. You can send them and you can ask them to speak to Wilfredo and I'll get them into any program they want to get into, whether it's mixed martial arts, whether it's swimming, whether they wanted to get into dance, whether they want to do anything like that or talk about male toxicity or even sit around and chop it up with me for 10 or 15 minutes. I'll be more than happy to be influential in their lives. Well, my young black boys are now big black men and they did good so far, but they wasn't raised in New York. But I do have a nephew who, you know what I'm saying, his time does need to be occupied. So I will definitely um, talk to my sister about that. Maybe she wants to do that with my nephew because I, idle time, you know, is just not a good yeah. thing. Devil's Playground. Yeah, I've been there and I've been at the Devil's Playground and I've had the devil tap me on the shoulder once or twice. So my thing is, is that, like I said, any help that I can give as far as young black and brown boys, I'm more than, than happy to. Um, you know, my, 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 my journey is a good role model of what not to do. And I'm an open book when it comes to it. And I'm definitely willing to express myself and let them understand the trials and tribulations of the open season that it is on young black and brown men in the five boroughs today. You are listening to Zador Radio. Um, please, if you are in the area, you can download the Sator Radio app. We are the Women of the War, and our special guest always, Wilfredo Wilfredo. <laughs> we have Ms. Uh, KP2 Rights, Indy, and we also have Tanisha here with us today. Um, we have to always throw that in. We're live on YouTube and on Facebook and Instagram. And Tara, are you still here with us? No, she stepped away. Um, so we're about to wrap up the show. Is there any last thoughts that anybody want to talk about real quick? We have about 10 minutes left on the show. This was a great show. I want to thank you guys again for always showing us love and support. You guys for always being a part of the women on the wall. Um, KP2 Rice, you have any last thoughts for us? Um, no, ma'am. I just want to say that we are on Facebook and Instagram under The Wall Magazine. And if you have topics that you want us to discuss on our upcoming shows, we do it every third Sunday. So if you have up to- upcoming topics that you want us to discuss, please hit us up and let us know ahead of time and we will make sure we address them during our lives. Yes. Indy, any last thoughts? No, just keep tuning in. Um, we're on every third Sunday, um, every month. And, um, you know, don't be scared to ask questions. We have a wealth of knowledge in here. Yeah. Um, people who can get, you know, a whole different viewpoint um, mm-hmm. that's invaluable. So that's basically it. <laughs> Tanisha, you have anything to say for being the first time on show? Thank y'all for being so nice and gracious and inviting me. I, I enjoy. 
Come back anytime. <laughs> uh, I thought this was a great show. Um, I feel it gets better and better. Um, I love the fact that we're able to exchange ideas and issues, not only from the perspective of the incarcerated men and the struggles that they deal with, but just shows how it trickles down into a lot of the black and brown communities and a lot of the traumas and the adverse childhood experiences that we all may have uh, experienced, you know, in a different realm, but also at the same time. So like I said, um, anybody just keep listening to the wall, subscribe to the wall magazine. Uh, we did something on the black Giuliani with Eric Adams that you could be able to more than happy to see. I've been involved with a lot of other uh, incarcerated sites, uh, voices of the incarcerated felons do it better. So if these particular uh, platforms would like to reach out or like to have anything discussed as far as what's going on in other states, we're more than bring them a conversation and talk about. So like I said, you can just hit us up on the Wall Magazine and we'll be sure to get back to you shortly. Yes, and this is the OBG author panel with Jay. Um, well, Fredo, can you give anybody that's um, listening or anybody that needs, um, is it for just Sing Sing Nancy Fernandez? Is she just for Sing Sing? Now, nah, Nancy Fernandez is for everybody in docs. The reason why I always give it out is because she's a friend. What I mean is she understands the plight of the incarcerated and also she is an African-American. You know, Latinos, we're Black African-American too. I'll get on the history of that another time because sometimes y'all lose it. Y'all don't think y'all both are one of us, but anyway. So my <laughs> thing is we all are one and we all need to be more uniform and more effective and more impactful as we have our, and strengthen our voice. Okay, so can you please give that email? So if there's any problems anywhere um, in the New York State area with prisons, if you have concerns about anything, visits, um, the COVID, whatever's going on in your jail, if you want to reach out to her and talk to her about how we can try to get back to some normalcy with our regular visits, not the trailer visits, just regular contact visits, please, can you get that email for them to um, be able to write to her? Yep, it's nancy.fernandez at docs.ny.gov. Okay. All right, guys, um, we wrap it up. Mark, I don't know if you're there, but you can start wrapping up the show. This was a great show, guys. Remember to please download the Listen to our Radio app. Please go to YouTube and hit that bell. Let them know that, you know, and, you know, um, subscribe to us. I want to thank y'all, and we'll see y'all next time on the Women of the World. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 How you so strong?